0: Hello friends, welcome to the Eighth House of Astrology, ruler of occult, magic, mystery, and truth. Join me, Sarah, a developing psychic medium with a scientific mind, and my good friend Eliza, a tarotist and thanatologist, as we explore, through the lens of the Tarot, the healing hidden within the deepest, and sometimes the darkest corners of the human experience.
1: I have an interest in forms and I have an interest in uh, language which Mm -hmm. is the whole I think the whole point of the operation whether they are cards or birds or whatever they are
0: or visual uh, or auditory maybe yes because I was thinking about that how you 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 definitely excel at the visual and then you know now it's more of an auditory function with the birds.
1: Well, well, it's an image too, because it's, it's it's pretty much about building the image of a man talking like a bird in a city. So I'm <laughs> always projecting this image, right? And that okay. image accounts for a desire, which is the desire to speak like a bird, or the desire maybe not to say, and by not saying, you say everything. Mm-hmm. But there is a question. I, I think that the, for any gesture to signify, it has to exceed reality. It has to take longer to be slower, to, be, to, to exceed the limits of that gesture within the context of daily life. So if you listen to birds, that's wonderful. And maybe you understand or discern a message in there. But I try to push that gesture further and say, well, it's a man who speaks like a bird. Therefore, he must be telling me something. The, the, well,
0: you make the it community. hyper obvious
1: <laughs> exactly it's not okay just, okay those are birds that's nature that's what they it's do. so like, absurd
0: it's, that it has to be telling me something yes
1: exactly okay so that takes the person away from the realm of language to the kind of to the border of language and then they have to find their way back in their own words which is what okay. I'm interested in so I collect all these things that people respond or they write to me when they hear my messages. Uh And usually they are, I mean, there are all kinds of things, right? Um, Some people just say, thank you. That's what I needed to hear today. Or some they say, "This, this is beautiful or nice. But then there are very personal things that people hear in those messages or very abstract reflections on the nature of language and communication. So of course with any open object or open sign, every person will give it the use, they, they see fit. They use it the way they mm-hmm. need it. Apply without mean yes. So I, I, I'm very happy not having to prescribe anything. Mm-hmm. You use it the way you want to use it. You hear what you want to hear there or what you need to hear. But it's not, I'm not coming from a place of knowing It's just a place of being present almost as a, you know, I I was walking on my way here and there are these buildings that people here call projects. And it was very quiet in the morning. Therefore I could hear the screams of people fighting inside of the building. And, um, but at the same time, that building full of screams was being, um, like painted by the light of the sun that bounced from off the building across the street and reflected on those walls. Mm-hmm. So you have this beautiful light that somehow didn't seem to care about the screens inside of the building.
0: Maybe this is and- why I love photography because I I am very interested in what the light does. Um, of course really yeah yeah
1: I mean that happens here often because you have narrow streets and tall buildings so mm-hmm, many times mm-hmm. you have the light of one building bounce or the light bouncing off one building and then hitting the other building and creating these yeah. shadows yeah. like angels or ghosts so the, the, there was something very beautiful about that image of outer peace
0: yeah and the, the indifference of the light yes. yeah I definitely love when things have indifference um, to whatever. Indifference going
1: on. is indifference is the most important attribute one can have. Mm-hmm. And thinking alone is not enough. Right. So we need to engage other senses, other faculties, and and making just means organizing forms. Mm, it doesn't yeah. matter if you're, you know, you're building a chair. You have to organize this, the flat thing with the round things, and put it together. If you're cooking an omelette, it's the same. You're making mm-hmm. this form using these materials you have. So, the, for me, the, the kind of the smallest point of inflection that we're making is language, because when we are speaking or we when we are trying to account for our experience of reality we are making this thing, that is these sentences I'm I'm doing, you know, but they are, uh, I mean, I'm not making them with my hands, even though I move my hands a lot when I speak, but I'm making them, I'm organizing these sounds, these words in a certain order. And what I have found out is that when you look at something and try to present it in language, whatever harmony is out in the world, becomes this you mirror the harmony of the world. Yes. Say this way yes. in the language you're building inside of yourself. So I, I do think that the uh, at the end of the day, the point of the operation is to is to eliminate that membrane between the outside world and the inner world. Mm-hmm. So when that those balance each other out, that's like levitating or joy, ecstasy, happiness. And um, but it starts from us trying yeah. to have some, some command of our own language, which we take for granted.
0: Well, I don't, and it's because I had um, what used to be called selective mutism when you were so, I was so painfully shy and socially awkward as a child that I had all kinds of thoughts going on. But when it came time to say them out loud, there was um, a glitch in that process from from input to output or to formulating inside my head and then presenting it outwardly. Um, I could do, I loved writing, loved writing. I can always express myself in writing and drawing. But then when it came to vocalizing, um, it even was so bad where I was... I couldn't speak loudly enough. I couldn't project my voice loudly enough, um, in situations that I was enjoying such as a roller skating competition where (laughs) we would have to be at the roller rink and whoever yelled the loudest got the prize, you know? And (laughs) so you're doing the hokey pokey. And then you're like, do the hokey pokey. And I'm like, I cannot, I'm not even hearing myself. Like I can't, no one hears me and i would have dreams like that where i could not be heard and it's clearly something that um i always admired birds because they seem to have no problem just localization Ah,
1: (laughs) uh, yeah i I, so how you did you start imitating birds and that's how you kind of
0: i kind of did um i imitated I could imitate anything, and uh, that was actually my first language was crow. <laughs> that's what my mom says. Um, oh, I was a little cool. infant in a stroller, and I she noticed. She's like, "What is she? What is she doing? What is?" She? <laughs> she said, "I was clearly imitating a crow that had landed above us." So uh, that's when it started. I don't remember anything different. <laughs> oh, <No>, that's <laughs> perfect. Yes. Words. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I kind exactly. of live vicariously through
1: their abilities. So yes, I, I guess going back to the beginning of or your question, how do I describe myself? I, I don't in general, but
0: That's I best. have an impression. <laughs> Probably yeah. not and for I you, but a, for everyone.
1: Yes. Well, you know, the thing is I I was I'm I was going to say something that now it will forget because I'm going to say something else and is that we i do believe that we are in a moment in which language is falling short to express who we are and what we do or what we see or how we understand the world and i i mean the names we give ourselves or the names we give to things or other people are falling short we are no longer contained by these names so the only thing you can really do is to be present to show up and then let that speak for itself.
0: Yes, and, yes. And, and it's so hard now, when you lack the skills to speak and it becomes such a barrier to, um, because well, I, I definitely, I, I'd love to um, have that, like you said, making, that is the most important thing to me that makes me feel like I'm alive and I'm contributing and, and a part of things. And so if I'm unable to make that simplest, thought come out in a coherent sure. organized form well, it's yes it's, it's causes a lot of um, inner but i think struggle. that's the
1: most i that's the most beautiful uh, job in the world to figure out how to say what we experience it's not easy but mm-hmm. it's wonderful because when you actually because mm-hmm. that is an ecstatic experience you're trying to figure out do i put this word next to the other one is that word better than this one? How do I say this? You know, should I yeah. just yeah. not say this part and just say that one? And it's it's just that is exactly like building a chair. Yeah, yeah. No, I love
0: that you said that. And I have never had a problem doing it in writing. In fact, I've loved writing. Um, and strangely, I do not like reading. So I love the, I love the process of making. The language into form and organizing it when I'm writing. But I think there's something about speaking that makes me freeze that causes a panic reaction. Yeah.
1: Well, and somehow birds don't write.
0: Right, right, right. So I've, I've, um, things you're saying are really, uh, but
1: that's, I think, a lot of the things I, you know when a painter paints and then show his paintings?
0: Uh-huh.
1: And we all think that the point of the operation is to see that thing on the wall, right? Because he's a painter. I,
0: I disagree. I think it's the process that he's... Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I see it the other way around. I think the painting makes the painter. Mm-hmm. So he could be a person in the world. Because making the painting, writing the poem, taking the picture only means that you have an engagement with the world of forms and you would learn things from it, things that you can actually talk about when you mm-hmm. leave that thing behind. Communicate, so,
0: like if it's yes. a painting, you're communicating.
1: Well, but it, exactly. So my, my, my interest will be make the painting, then put it aside, don't show it to anybody, and be the person that painting made you.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So, a lot of the experience I have are that kind. And many times I understand things because I have experienced them in the world of forms that I cannot talk right. about. Right. And then, if I talk about those things, of course, people don't understand or they just blank because they, they are. Because
0: it didn't happen directly with them they didn't experience
1: answers to questions they never asked themselves so you're like an idiot right yeah because certainties end lives you know when you're when you're trying to figure it out when you're uncertain when you go this way and then that way those are many lives and then Mm. eventually you say okay i don't care for this i don't care for that or i'm only capable of i don't know being a guard that i fine wonderful yeah. but that's been my that
0: operation happens, yeah yes is to try to like right go down away. all these paths and narrow it down and, and yes. yeah Every you're right it's
1: just a different life and you're even a different person and you have to go all the way you know 100 in and then you realize oh this is not it you move on, and that's good
0: that's not bad even though we yeah. tend to think you you make yourself feel so bad. Like I didn't follow through. I didn't go. Ultimate
1: certainty is, is a, is a cul-de-sac. You end up living there forever and there's no movement. Mm. I don't know why we're talking about that, but it's okay.
0: It's very scary.
1: Yeah. But I think that when, when people don't understand what I say, which is often the case, I just become more abstract. So I make sure like I did with
0: my photography, like,
1: yes. So (laughs) if if you make sure they won't understand you, then you're, you're in control of the dialogue.
0: Okay. I'll try that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I do feel that the greatest creative event is a conversation. But that means that you have to bring something to the table. And many times people just dump some like a dead fish there and they want really for you to taste it and say, Oh, this is wonderful.
0: And so yeah. No, and I guess my, I don't realize that. I don't understand so, it. That doesn't register. And I, and I think there is yeah. like a, an element of social exchange that I've never understood that is expected of well, me. I that,
1: yes. I, I have learned at least in my experience that one-on-one conversations are wonderful. If you're talking to two people, it's Okay. The moment you introduce the fourth person, game is over. Mm. And it becomes something that is not interesting to me anymore. And it has to do with some sort of we become more guarded in terms of what we are projecting when we are now we are in public, we are no longer in the privacy of a conversation. Mm. So we start pretending that we are other people and we start, we start trying to either agree or please the others. So it becomes a simulation of a dialogue, which I have no interest in. So I'm, I'm trying to-
0: Oh, that's so helpful for me to understand that from that point of view. I've cannot stand talking among more than one-on-one. <laughs> yeah, really I think
1: it's a, nothing good comes out of it uh, unless you are a cheerleader or something. I mean, if, if you have to build a pyramid, okay, you, you can do it on your own, but if otherwise, if you just want to talk, i don't think you you gain much from from those those group dynamics but of course there are
0: other conversations where like what they call small talk that i don't understand i don't understand if you're not trying to find some meaning what is the whole point of that just to yeah
1: well but that's small talk it's like ready-made dialogue, right? You borrow an entire conversation about the weather, that you have it pre-packed, and then you share it with people because that way we pretend that we are talking. We abolish Ugh. silence. We are in, we're, we, we, we are really afraid of silence.
0: Yeah, that was it, another it thing I was going to say. Be... I noticed myself doing it when I was like, um, so like when we were silent, it, it's, well, it's... But I, I have
1: noticed that I know that I have become friends with someone when I can just be quiet for a while. Mm -hmm. You can share Mm -hmm. silence, you know, ah, that's a friend. If you have to be constantly engaged and and somehow entertain them or something, there is still no, no.
0: It's like song song too. I had a friend who was a drummer and who said, um, you know, I have to know when to allow silence. And I, he was so young when he said that I was really impressed. I was like, Wow, that's a really important thing to think when you're um, creating a, a song, a structure of sound with your bandmates and for him to, you know, everyone thinks the drums keep the time, they keep the song driving forward, they make the changes, they signal the changes. And it's like, no, sometimes I just have to know when to not play. Because you have yeah. to have silence as a part of the song too. It's and that important. I,
1: I mean, I think that's how I learned to talk like a bird was to listening to the silence. Yeah. I mean, it flies yeah. and it can speak, uh, can sing, which
0: are what more do you want. want? The perfect exactly. being. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: Well, I, I'm pretty sure that they they have a lot of complaints about <laughs> the, the roughness of life, right? But. Um, but yeah, there is that sense of it's really about understanding the rhythm of reality. Yeah. And then yeah. merging with that rhythm, be part I of that. I was going
0: to say that. That's exactly how I understand what you're saying.
1: So you, to some extent, there is this funny thing with language in which we want to be in command of our language, but at the very least, we want to have a, a diaphanous relationship with language. But at the same time, we know that language, this thing we do with words, is some sort of exile mm-hmm. from the totality of things. And that, that that sense of being one with the totality of things only happens when we shut up. Yeah. But then, of course, we are there and it's wonderful and we yeah. want to talk about it. So we I, I ourselves think ourselves out of it. I
0: think that, that's really hitting on that troubled feeling that I felt that angst as a child when I couldn't... Um, reconciled the need to communicate how I was perceiving things and the my love of selecting words. I just I was so grateful for words and yet I felt under such pressure or I put myself under maybe unnecessary pressure to say them perfectly. So it was almost like a a mute bird. Yeah
1: well because I don't know if, I mean it, it is true that it seems as if birds don't miss never misspeak you know the, right. the bird sings this beautiful thing and it's always wonderful I I, oh. I, I don't know if that's true I
0: think it's I, not not can I have you ever had a bird like as I a mean, companion I, I, yes
1: yes and well I guess the point is that Birds are individuals, which we don't think about them like that, which is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. It's an entire language that is nonverbal, right? It's devoid of song. And that's what an ornithologist I know told me the first time I asked him about the language of the birds. He didn't speak about song or or voice, he spoke of movement, how -hmm. they, they behave next to each other when they are on the ground and they will kind of. Ruffle their feathers, or go do, down mm-hmm. to signify things. So, of course, it, yeah, it, it aligns absolutely. perfectly with that idea. It's, it's really a language of forms, which comes down to, I mean, if you if you really if you could know the language of form, if you could know the language of nature, the language of reality. It it wouldn't take us by surprise, right? That's the hope. That's the the hope of every single oracle or prophet is that Mm. in a way they can put the big up and taste the motion of things and say, oh, this is going this way or that way. Yeah,
0: I I feel like I'm part bird in that way. I feel like I, I, and it is the movement. um, And maybe that's why I, I don't like the idea of being trapped or stuck and unable to move because- that's how I read the air. That's how I read everything. Sure. It's the like, I think yours is more of the form, and I'm noticing it as the movement, but maybe it's kind of the same thing.
1: Yeah, I think in a way it is the same thing because when you look at something, I mean, I, I like to think of science as the recurrency of a form in time. So yeah. it's not that something happens once and that's that, it's that the same thing somehow. You see it here, then you see it there. Then you hear something that is somehow related yeah. to that thing, and then you have a dream in which you saw that, and then the thing you saw in your dream somehow shows up next Tuesday, and you realize yeah. that there is this form that is being insisted the on frequency,
0: you. Frequency, the rhythm. Yes,
1: and it's the rhythm exactly. Mm-hmm. That rhythm is the same as the song of a bird. So we're all the time trying to find these rhythms, this cadence. Thing. The first thing you we have to understand there is a, this is. Uh, ornithomancy, the nation with birds, is one of the oldest ones in the book, right? And it all comes down to one very specific idea that is what I think is very important, which is that the presence of the bird changes reality. Mm. You are trying to figure out something and then a hawk shows up
0: or a raven
1: or a little sparrow. And that changes the configuration of reality for a moment, which for me signifies that presence is meaning which to me is like the ultimate principle
0: yeah yeah
1: so we understand that in that sense we can also be like birds our presence changes the reality the configuration of reality in the moment and we should strive at making it better instead of making it worse for everybody else and for ourselves Mm -hmm. so that that um that very principle is of course something you can apply. I, I, I don't know if I have told this story before, but I, I was talking to a friend of mine who had a he had a problem. It wasn't a life or death problem, but it was a, a work problem. And he said he had three options. So he he named his three options, and at the end I told him, I think that the the, the right option will be this one. And when I say that, all the sparrows in the block who were sitting outside started chirping. So I told him, you you can take that as a confirmation, right? And I left and I went to the supermarket and I came back home and I, on my way back, I'm, I'm carrying these bags and I'm looking down and I'm thinking, could we really take that as a confirmation? I mean it is, is this is, is a poetic game it's a nice thing to say but is this something and I I was completely distracted so I walked into a bush and a twig from the bush went into my ear all the way it almost I almost got a trepanation and then I realized that's the confirmation of the confirmation clear your ears idiot that's what the tree was saying so I think we can play that game and, and it's, it makes life more beautiful. And it's like punctuation for reality. But then the moment that attends against our ability to be in the moment or, or, or enjoy life, and it becomes this burden in which you say, oh my God, I saw a raven. Let's you know, move out of the country. Then it becomes a silly, harmful game. I mean, for example, If we go back to to the Greeks or the Romans, we have that, right? Ravens and crows, um, even grackles, they are bad. Hawks and eagles are good. And I simply don't find that useful because uh, again, any of these things when they show up is just an extraordinary event. And I have had many conversations with crows um, that are very fulfilling. And I can't say that that led to any kind of misfortune. Um, so that is what I'm, when I eject is when people start attributing that good or bad feeling to these things.
0: One time I heard uh, a couple of crows, you know, sometimes they're, they're in a huge flock and sometimes they're just one or two or three and and it's so funny how their dynamic changes and so these two lit on a sycamore right near my yard and uh on the other side of the fence and and I'm lying in the hammock and I just was quietly listening to their conversation and they were just like two I, I had the feeling they were boys they were like two little boys playing who can who can do it better, you know, kind of game, um, or where they were like trying to sync their and they were like getting to where they, they got it at the exact same time and they did it a few times. Um, like they were trying to find a rhythm where they could both do the call in synchronized calling. It, it was so funny. Yeah. It was so cute. So,
1: I guess that, that goes back to what you were saying about not being able to speak. Because you you invent your voice and you put it out there. It's extraordinarily pleasant. Like those two guys trying to figure out how to to say what they were saying. But in that (laughs) world, everybody's (laughs) welcome. As long as you have something to to bring to the table, you're there. And I think that's unique and and extraordinary.
0: Yeah. Well, good.
1: Well, I will let the the rooster sleep. (laughs)
0: is too cute maybe he did hear it. were you singing him a bedtime story
1: maybe and now the dog's sleeping too
0: <laughs> all right well have a wonderful so, day you too and thank you all right thank we'll you. talk again too